Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, Glenn James here. I host My Millennial Money, otherwise known as the father of money in Australia. Wow, that's audacious. <laughs> and I'm joined by the mother of money in Australia, Victoria Devine from She's on the Money. Victoria, hello. Hello, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. Now, we're doing this random, weird public service announcement today. Because we're quite frustrated and we've been having a bit of a rant over the last few weeks via our DMs and text messages and phone calls. And you're in Queenstown right now having a beautiful time and I'm very envious. And I'm sitting in my home office here in Melbourne and we just decided enough is enough. Let's have a conversation. Glenn, why are we so frustrated? We're so frustrated. And I think as I look out over the Remarkables uh, in Queenstown. It's nice for some. Just rub it in. I know. My privilege is showing. But I think, you know, it's not just us. You've had people in She's on the Money Facebook group. I've had people in My Millennial Money Facebook group genuinely ask questions about one of the things we're going to talk about. And that's going to be these quote unquote new savings accounts and savings apps, as I use inverted commas. But We are personally frustrated about the almost ridiculous, sly, weird, false, strange... Misleading. Misleading. Absolutely misleading is the word I would use. Misleading advertising. For some of the buy now, pay later products. It's not just buy now, pay later though. It's buy now, pay later. It's credit funds. It is everyone seemingly at the moment. Totally. And we both had a pitch from a media company and they pitched both of us and and that's Separately, fine. Not Separately. Not at the same time. Yeah, that's fine. And you know, we welcome pitches to advertise on the show, but this was a pitch for a buy now, pay later platform. And what stuck out to me is they said, this campaign is all about how X, and I'm not going to give the brand the light of day because I don't respect the brand, can help you manage your money and spending in a responsible way, moving away from some of the perceptions that the brand can be known for. Now, if you've got a buy now, pay later brand, That is, whether it's regulated or not, a credit brand because you are receiving items that you haven't paid for and you owe somebody money. What's on the box isn't necessarily what's in the box. Would you agree, Victoria? Absolutely. And I think I'm just incredibly frustrated because we are intelligent people, as in not you and I, Glenn, that's overly ambitious, but our community are intelligent people. But when they read the advertising that comes through their Facebook platforms or their Instagrams and they say, this product doesn't impact your credit score or this product helps your savings, you just go, hold up. It does neither of those things because one, it's not truly savings when I'm referring to this other credit product. And two, if we're going to talk about this buy now, pay later program that's saying it doesn't impact your credit score, look, they're not wrong. It doesn't impact your credit score until you make a misstep. 
And I think that that's where we really need to be talking because it absolutely does have an impact on your credit score, your ability to get a mortgage, to service a mortgage, to do all of those things. And it just feels so hypocritical of us to be talking about these products in a good way, which makes me wonder why these media companies even contact us to talk about them in the first place, given you and I, Glenn, are so vocal about not liking them. Yeah, totally. And once I actually stepped off the plane at uh, Queenstown Airport, on the baggage carousel, there was an advertisement and you actually sent me the same one and a lot of you may have seen it and it said, stop paying money to use money. What? That's exactly what I'm doing by using your product, you potatoes. And and to me, it sounds cute and it looks amazing. It's like you don't get a pass on maths. One plus one always equals two. You don't get a pass on gravity. You know, there are basic laws that you don't get a pass on. And no matter how amazing the marketing is, at the end of the day, you are borrowing money from an entity and you are receiving consumables and you have to pay money back. So that, my friends, is consumer debt, whatever way you cut it. And I just want to be clear for my audience, and I know this is going on both podcasts, that I'm really strict about what stuff that I put in front of you. And if, for example, you can use these products, quote unquote, responsibly and all that stuff, that's fine. But I think it would be irresponsible for me to advertise these because there could be a percentage of people who misuse it and get caught out. And I'm just not going there. Absolutely. And that's a blanket rule on our podcast as well, to not promote any level of credit product, no buy now, pay later, nothing that puts my community in a worse off position than they started in. So the sponsors and the people that we work with are always people that I genuinely think, wow, like they've got a cool product. It might not be for absolutely everybody in my community and that's okay. No one can ever be everything to everybody. But I know if my community engages with them, they will never be in a worse off position because I cannot imagine putting something in front of you that would make a detrimental impact to your financial future because I'm working so hard to put you in a good financial position. Why would I stunt that? Why would I stunt that? But also why would I risk my reputation of doing the best by you by working with these businesses? Yeah. And I I just want to quickly talk about the risks that I see with the buy now, pay later, and Mm -hmm. also the risks of these new tech stuff that's coming out there where they will prepay your salary daily. Oh, it makes me sick. I know. It's, and what it is, it's the, it's the payday lender of this generation. And it's not teaching you how to manage your own money. I've crapped on for a long time, Victoria. For me, it's been hard to outsource my diet and weight loss to a diet shake, you know, I'm better off to learn how to eat good. I'm better off to learn how to get into routine. And it's the same with our money. We can't outsource our money management to a product that's designed to potentially make money off us. Now, the way I see it is, sure, you might get something and pay it off in four easy installments. And because at the time of recording right now, it's unregulated. So we're going to start to see eight easy installments. We're going to start to see 52 easy installments. The problem is, Victoria, you know, you buy that nice lounge on later pay or whatever they're, you know, calling themselves. In, I don't know, two weeks' time, if your situation changes and you can't afford the rest of the payments, 
you've now got a, a product that's probably not worth what you paid for it. So, you're in a pickle. So, I think it's about learning how to control your money yourself and keeping your life as simple as possible. But that's not cool. That doesn't have an app. That doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel fun and sophisticated and, and all that stuff. It's like when you start talking about investments and the best types of investments are boring, the best type of money management is bland. And I'm really sorry, it's not going to come with a shiny app. It's not going to come with another business's commitment to give you access to your wage in real time. Like I'm so done with it. If it's boring, you're probably doing the right thing. Totally. And just on these um, unregulated uh, buy now, pay later products, banks know what debt is, right? So, if you're applying for a mortgage, while it could be completely off your credit profile, the banks will look at your bank statements and if they see all these different company names, they know that you are using debt in your day-to-day life and it can have an impact on your borrowing capacity for a mortgage. So, it's that old saying, if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it sips Lipton iced tea like a duck and it's none of your business, that meme, guess what, Victoria? It's probably Glenn in a duck suit. It's no? probably me in a duck suit. So <laughs> I just want everyone, uh, particularly in the My Millennial Money world, to know that I am calling things how they are. It's not a cute app. It's not sophisticated. It's a debt that you are using to buy consumables that are reducing in value. It's easy to learn how to control your money yourself by being engaged in our respective Facebook groups. A hundred percent. And I think that what you were saying before we started recording this is actually really important here as well. And that's, you know, you might be using Afterpay and saying, look, I'm really responsible with it and I use it really well. But it's like, okay, but if you had a really good cash flow and budget system, and there are many out there, like you've got one, Glenn, I've got one, like there are other ones you could Google and find. But if you've got a good one and you're using it properly, you don't actually need a tool like cough uh, buy now, pay later schemes. <laughs> I keep going to say the brand names, but I know that we really shouldn't play slander games. No. Um, and all this is allegedly to their lawyers listening. Yeah. If anyone's listening, this is allegedly, but at the same time, it's not allegedly like I'm on one of these pay it forward uh, websites. What do you call it? Like, it's like a, it's a payday loan. Like essentially yeah, it yeah. is a payday loan. And I've done an entire podcast episode on payday loans. And to be honest, I find them disgusting. They really prey on the vulnerable people that need more money right now and have redonkulous amounts of interest payable if you don't meet a payment or you, you know, slip up in any way. But they have beautiful branding and they say, look, this company gives you access to your wage in real time. Like, you know, you earn money, get get your hands on it today. And it's just, it breaks my heart because I know that their branding is working on people because they have the money to put it there. Like, I don't care if you're the quote, new way to get your pay today. Like if you need a pay advance and you are so far up, uh, let's call it the proverbial creek without a paddle, like you actually need to go and talk to your employer. Like most employers are going to be somewhat flexible on a salary if you're a full-time employee. And like I'm an employer and Glenn, I'm sure you would be in exactly the same position. If one of my team came to me and said, hey V, I'm really struggling with money. Um, Is there anything you can do to help? And they just needed an advance on their salary. I'd absolutely talk to them about making that happen so that my 
my team didn't end up in debt. And I'm sure most places are like that. And if they can't, there's a lot of places out there, like the debt helpline, like, oh my gosh, they do an incredible job if you need to talk to financial counsellors. But these companies are paying an absolute premium to come up at the top of your Google search if you're struggling with anything and you're Googling how to get pay advance or how to get money today. They're going to come up and they're going to essentially prey on you and put you in a worse off long-term financial position. And it just frustrates me beyond belief. Yeah. And I think I've copped criticism for making these type of comments before, but I will say it again now. If you are- I got criticism here, shower it on me again. Yeah. um, (laughs) Basically, if you're uh, in a position and you happen to be a low income earner or you're on a disability pension or, you know, you've hit hard times, when we go back to the laws of gravity, like there's actually no, there's no way around these laws. And the same with money. There's no way around money laws. Now, if you aren't doing it great at the moment, the worst time to go into any type of debt is when you're not doing it great. Because what can happen is you are already struggling, you go into debt and then you then basically get behind again. And then if your situation gets worse, you've doubled down the negative money vibe in your life. So while I don't have all the answers, I would encourage anyone that's doing it tough. I would encourage anyone who's on a low income. You particularly need to stay away from consumer debt. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And I get a lot of criticism about this as well, because I get people sliding into my DMs on She's On The Money saying, but V, you know, I've been using this and it's a really helpful tool. And look, I get it. And if you're you're listening to this and you go, hey, cool, I'm financially free and I use this tool and it's not impacted me in the slightest. Okay, well, maybe this isn't a podcast aimed at you. Maybe have a think about the people that aren't using it responsibly and stop taking it so personally when I say, hey, this is so negative. I'm so grateful that you're having a positive experience with this tool and this product and that is so great. At the end of the day, I think, Glenn, you and I can agree. It's a genius business model. Like it's a fantastic (laughs) company. Like it's so good, but for the consumers that aren't as educated, for the consumers that are more vulnerable, for the consumers that do lean towards FOMO and getting into personal debt, like this is not something I want you to get involved with. And I think, you know, Glenn and I have been talking recently about how do we have this conversation and how do we open this up without coming across as condescending, entitled people who are like, just don't do it. Like, I get it, but I think that's why we've decided to go about it in this way, Glenn, and just have an open, honest conversation about how bad it is. Oh, totally. And, you know, again, I'm I'm talking about consumer debt. We're talking about um, people who might be struggling out there. You know, we are talking about, you know, one of these providers say their average transaction is $150. Now, I would suggest if you need $150 split up for an item of luxury, you might have a bigger problem in your life. Now, I totally know that I'm sitting in Queenstown. I'm privileged. I'm overlooking the most beautiful vista. But I do know I have been up at night with anxiety. I have been up at night with literally $1,500 to my name. 
like I have been there. So I am acutely aware of what it's like to go through a hard patch. I'm acutely aware of what it's like to have no money, but I just want to encourage you listening. It's not forever. It's just for now. And tomorrow is a better day, but we need to make sure we keep away from any type of consumer debt. And everything I've said, I've said with love. And please, if you are struggling, reach out, as you said, Victoria, the debt. The um, National Debt Helpline is so fantastic. They have free counselling. They have free financial counsellors who provide information and advice, and they will point you in the right direction. They might even help you get a NILS loan, which is a loan that doesn't have any any interest on it at all because it's existing purely to help you if you are a low income earner. Like there are options out there. You just need to connect with the right people who can help you on that journey as opposed to just wondering whether these solutions are there and you're just like, yep, but I'll just go do this and I'll work it all out later. Like it's such a bad mindset to be in. Like don't ever be too proud to just put your hand up be like, hey, I'd love to talk to a financial counsellor. Like I'm sure you guys are lovely people as well. Like your financial situation does not define who you are as a person. And I think that's really important to point out as well. And while we're talking about maybe people struggling and that is 100% legitimate and real in our community, but I want to flick over to the other side of the coin, Victoria. If you're in a relationship and maybe, or you're single and maybe you've got some really cracking uh, money coming the door and you've got debt everywhere because you've been sloppy, I think it's just, you need to take ownership of that debt that you've got. You need to first decide to have no debt anymore. So no new debt. And then you've just got to work at it. You've got to hustle. You've got to grind. And usually, I don't know about you, Victoria, but when working with clients, I found that, you know, we haven't come into $10,000 worth of credit card or personal loan debt from one transaction. It's been death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the day, debt is just an outcome of you spending more than you're earning and just not keeping track of your budget and cash flow. Like it's not something that people get into on purpose. It is always an accident. Like no one goes in, gets a personal loan. They're like, I cannot wait to be 20 grand in the hole. It's always about just not managing your cash flow efficiently. And I think that that's where every good money habit begins. And I guess to bookend this debt conversation, there's no magical way out of debt. You know, you've got to put the hard yards in. Don't worry about going to those companies that charge you to manage the debt for you because they're just going to consolidate the debt, put it into one easy payment, and it's just not really doing anything except from moving the debt. And it's also not teaching you anything. It's taking it away from you as if a parent would take, you know, something off a child they can't do yet. It's not teaching you any good money habits. It's not teaching you anything that you can do constructively. It's actually putting you in a worse off position because it creates the feeling of safety so that you feel as though you're in control when in reality you're not. And once you're out of debt and you no longer need them, you end up in a same place again. You end up going backwards, which is really frustrating and not what you would have ever intended. Totally. Now, to bookend the piece about buy now, pay later, uh, before pay, all that crap that's out there, jump in, use Victoria's spending plan, use my spending plan, use a spending plan. Do not outsource your budget management to an app. And I'll just finish by saying, Victoria, if you love small business, 
do not use buy now, pay later with small businesses because they make oh. 75% of their money from the retailer. And if you love small business, you'll just it's not be helping them. them. Totally. So You're not helping them. And I think that that's what's really upsetting as well, because it's like a rock and a hard place, right? So small businesses want to have afterpay because they know that when offering a consumer afterpay, they're more likely to purchase because of our bad spending mentality. But at the same time, as a consumer, we have so much more power and we are able to put that power in the hands of small businesses when we buy directly. So I think that if you really want something and you are going to spend the money anyway, definitely just kind of bite the bullet. Don't use something like an afterpaying app, you know, it's very hard for the small business, but at the same time, like they're so reliant on it, which is so frustrating. And the reason they're reliant on it is because, you know, we have the ability to make snap decisions and afterpay is one of those. Absolutely. So as much as I love money like the next person, unfortunately- um, I think you love it more. No, no, I, I like it just as much as the next person, but oh, you know, really? don't reach out to me. Well, you can reach out to me, but I'll be polite with declining your offer to sponsor My Millennial Money if you're a consumer debt product. Right. Finally, for those who might be out of debt and for those who are saving, Victoria- Interest yes. rates are really crap at the moment. They're so terrible. But quickly touch on, Glenn, why are they terrible? It's not because banks are trying to do the wrong thing by us, is it? No. So essentially, it all goes back to central banks and governments wanting to stimulate the economy and get money moving. And they effectively make money cheap, so money flows more. Uh, if you think of a, a race car that's going really fast, you've got to put the brakes on it before a big crash on the corner. Uh, as interest rates rise, um, it's like putting the brakes on that racing car to try and slow it down. So, the lower the interest rates are is sometimes a sign of the economy needs some stimuli, if you will. And at the moment, the economy seems like it needs some stimuli. And we are at the point where interest rates that the Reserve Bank in Australia set are at historical lows, which means the banks are borrowing that money at a low rate and are also paying interest at a low rate as well. Is that what you wanted me to say, Victoria? No, that was pretty good. That is pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, it might not be beneficial for your savings account, but it absolutely is if you're in any kind of debt, like a mortgage, it means you've got lower interest rates. And there's lots of people going around at the moment saying things like money's never been so cheap. Like if you're going to buy, like that's a really great time to take out a mortgage. It's also a really great time to refinance your mortgage so that you can save some money on the interest that would be payable on your mortgage. Also, just to caveat that, do not drop your interest rate and then start paying the lower amount per month. Continue paying the same amount so we're out of debt quicker. But I think that something that is frustrating, and I know that you're leading down the garden path to Glenn, are these new savings apps that are not really savings apps. Is that where we're going, Glenn? We are there, Victoria. We have arrived. And, you know, if it's advertised that, you know, you can get 3% on your savings, asterisks, we know 3% is more than 1%. That's pretty sexy, Glenn. It I is, like it that. It is sexy. For a savings account in 2021, 3%, that is wild. How do they do it? Well, the thing is, when we look at investment returns, generally speaking, the higher the return, the higher the risk. So anything above the cash rate of, let's just call it 
in your normal online savings account, mm-hmm. it may imply two things. One, the bank is wanting to pay more interest for new customers to get more money in the door as a promotion. Or two, that interest rate is not an interest rate linked to straight up cash. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean, father of finance? <laughs> so it means <laughs> you are not investing your savings into a bank account within an app. So you just said investing, which is not what I, I said I wanted to do with my savings. That's right, sweet one. That's right. Can I be more compre- can I be more <laughs> condescending? <laughs> I don't know, but it's but that's what's frustrating, right? Like these apps are saying this is where your savings go to grow and yes. they're using terms like savings and you know, put your savings here so you can reach your goals faster. If that's not misleading, I don't know what is because you're actually an investment product. You are a credit fund. You are targeting 3% return. You are not guaranteeing that in the way that a bank would. And whilst we know that a bank can't guarantee it and they turn around one day and say, hey, um, yeah, we're dropping from you know 2.5% interest down to one and you go, okay, well, that kind of sucks, but you know, I know my money's safe. You're actually investing in these funds and there's risk that you might not think you're taking in them. And that's incredibly concerning. And I will say as well, while you said that the banks won't guarantee a percentage rate, um, the government will guarantee up to $250,000. Yeah, but that's different than an interest rate. So that's different than a return. It just means that if your money is sitting in a bank account, a registered ADI, what is, is that right? ADI, yes. An authorised deposit institution. Yeah, but if they are a bank and they are an ADI, and I think that it's important to stipulate that because recently there's been a lot of apps coming out where you think that they might be a bank and they're not. If they don't have an ADI, they don't have this government guarantee, which I think is incredibly important to have because it means that if the bank went completely flop, your money is safe still. The government will make sure it comes back to you. Whereas in these savings apps, that is not true. Now, Another risk with these funds, and we will explain how they work, uh, if you invest your money, quote unquote, as they would like to say, move your savings to this app, there's a liquidity risk as well. So you could say, I want to take my money out. They could actually say, no, we can't get that to you. So basically what you've done is to get that higher return of even 3%, so 2% higher than your normal bank account, you've had to take on some inherent risk. And some of that inherent risk is your capital is not secure. And some of that inherent risk is when you want to call on your money, it might not be available. Now, these credit funds, Victoria, they could be made up of a couple of things. Number one, it could be made up of government bonds. Now, government bonds is where you might give some money to the government and they will guarantee a return each year for the length of the bond. They could be corporate bonds. So uh, CBA might want to do a capital raise and they say, hey, give us some money. We'll give you X amount over this amount of time for this long. Usually it's higher than the cash rate to attract that money. Thirdly, it could be uh, some private mortgages. So some rich people might get together um, and fund mortgages Um, for people who might not qualify for a loan with a traditional lender. And fourthly, it could be a peer-to-peer lending scenario where Glenn James says, here's $1,000. I will invest that. That that company will 
loan that out to somebody who needs $1,000, charge them 6% and then give me 3% and then also keep 3% for their own profit. So, Victoria, a credit fund is basically a fund where private money is pooled together and then is providing credit to different I guess, facilities or end users or endpoints. Exactly. And I think that a really important thing to point out here is that these aren't bad things. You know, I've got a bond as a part of my portfolio and I feel like it's really important to stipulate that we don't not like these things. What we don't like is the lack of transparency around these things and you being able to make an educated decision on these things. And that's really hard when you're not a financial advisor because these websites and these PDSs are beautiful and it's not about what is included because the amount of ticks on the website that's in front of me right now. They're like, oh my gosh, this bond portfolio, it's held by this security. And, you know, our underlying investments are for investment grade and they're a rating of A. And you look at it and you go, wow, this is pretty good. This is nice. But to me, it's about what they don't say. It's about what's not mentioned. And you as a consumer who's not a financial advisor, you don't know what you're looking for and you don't know what it's missing. And I think the most concerning thing about this is if I scroll all the way down to the very, very bottom of this website in the tiniest font, Glenn, it says, withdrawal rights are subject to liquidity and may be delayed or even suspended. That means you might not get your money back. Totally. And if they are suggesting you put your savings there, like the amount of times I say, nah, your savings, your savings, have your emergency fund, make sure that you've always got access to quick cash. Investing is a completely different thing. It feels so convoluted for them to be saying, just add your savings and plant the seeds so that you can watch your investment grow. Like, what? No, this is so misleading and it is not the right thing to be doing. Yeah, I guess what we're calling for is to write what's inside the box on the front of the box very clear. And I'm not against- We deserve clarity. We deserve transparency. We deserve to have people trying to put us in the best possible position, not trick us with fancy marketing. It's beautiful. Like I bet they paid a lot of money for this website, Glenn. I actually like the website. I love the website, but that is not the point. (laughs) That's right. But also here, our hearts, like- We've got nothing against credit funds. We've got nothing against bond funds and all that. They can play a part in your overall portfolio. If you call your super fund at the moment, you'll probably have a 10 to 15% allocation to defensive assets. And that will be made up of bonds and credit funds and whatnot. But please don't say it's a freaking account that looks like a savings account because a savings account, I get access to my money at call. Uh, It's backed by the government's guarantee but it only is 1% interest. These funds may be a 3% interest, but the other inherent risks. So if in doubt, I think the answer is no. It's a good metaphor for life, isn't it, Victoria? If in doubt, no. If in doubt, run away. Or just watch the movie Yes Man and do everything. Don't do that. Do not do that. Do not listen to Glenn's advice. It oh, is no, terrible. No. Okay. So no, no. <laughs> like my yes, if in doubt, no, when it comes to your money stuff, but life oh, advice, okay. watch Yes Man. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Watch Yes Man. But when it comes to investing, you know, and it comes to your money, please, please, please understand what you're putting your money into. And I think I'm incredibly frustrated by this because, you know, this particular website that we're talking about, Glenn, 
One, yeah, you're right, it's beautiful, but it's very she's on the money. And I have had so many people slide into my DMs, be like, hey, V, I've seen this new thing. You're involved, right? No, I have nothing to do with this company. No, like, because obviously the targeted marketing for these guys would be very similar to our demographics of our community because it's very feminine, right? Like it's not really a masculine type of app. It's definitely very uh, female focused, which is fine. But because of that, I think there seems to be this level of association and I just want to stamp that out. I have nothing to do with these people. And to be honest, I wouldn't even work with them, not because they're bad people. I'm sure they're delightful, but because it is not putting you in the best possible position and because it is not transparent, it is not fair. Well, there you have it. Good good summary, Victoria. Now, <laughs> some final thoughts. Do you want to, um, I guess, oh, firstly... Tell, because I haven't had you on uh, My Millennial Money. Tell us about your book. Oh my gosh, thank you. It comes out on the 16th of June, Glenn, oh. which is very, very fun. And I've spent the last week recording the audiobook of it, which if you're a podcaster, you go into feeling really confident about. It is not the same as recording a It is not the same as recording a podcast. It is so much different. And I have been absolutely zonked all week because it is exhausting. But it is so fun. It is so fun. who should buy your book? What's it about? And we'll put a link in the show notes of this episode if someone wants to buy it. Um, So the book is essentially a summary of She's on the Money, right? Like it is called She's on the Money and it is a book about taking charge of your financial freedom and your financial life and it is everything from A to Z in exactly the same way that I think you're writing a book, Glenn. There'll be best friends on the shelves, I hope. Yeah, mine's Um, called He's on the Money. Oh, good. Yeah, that's yes. absolutely not a conflict of my copyright. That's not, so good for all. you. Thank yeah, you. that's fine. I will take a 100% licensing fee. So I'm more than happy for you to do that. I'll just charge you 100% of your profits. Victoria, yeah? take 110. Thank you. So kind. But essentially, I want to teach you how to be more secure, more independent and more informed with your money. And this book does all of that. So everything from A to Z, we go all through saving, investment, how to get out of debt, how much it costs to have a baby, what that looks like. We go through how much it costs to go to preschool and primary school. We talk about estate planning. So for me, it's A to Z, but it's not going to be something that is condescending or rude. Like I know you because I am you and that's why I've been so excited to create this book. And I know that you're doing yours at the same time, Glenn. So hopefully these two books can change a generation. Well, we'll give it a shake. That's for sure. I'm excited about it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting my mitts on a copy. You'll have to send me a signed copy. Oh, I don't know. You didn't even send me any of your bloody money cards. So no. Oh, no, no, no. They're they're, seriously. Oh, they're in the mail? Oh, sure they are. No, no. No word of a lie. I told Jess last week to post you down a handful. But I love that. I'm going to give them to my community. <laughs> totally. Do it. I mean, I had to order a thousand of them. So we've got- <laughs> That's right. That's so- right. Was it because you, were you listening to my podcast? You never listen no, to my podcast, no. which is fair because you're not going to learn anything from it. But I actually said on my podcast the other day, I was like, everybody slide into Glenn's DMs, tell him to give me free stuff. <laughs> yeah. Slide in, everyone. It's the Wild West in there. Uh, but there we have it. Um, you can check out Victoria's book, She's on the Money. We'll put a link in the show note. You're very kind. I'm just um, keen to have a bit of a, a PSA, public service announcement. 
just want to call out things for what they are. And I'm sorry, I'm I, I'm not looking at the Zoom screen, Victoria. I'm looking at the mountain range. Um, but that I is just my w- favourite mountain range. I'm so envious when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just staring at the Remarkables. I'm like, cool, that's nice. And I, I just think we need to call things out for what they are at the risk of, I don't know, the cards falling where they may. Uh, I certainly don't use any buy now, pay later stuff. No, absolutely not. Any financially successful people that I know stick away from it. They're not trying to get cute with their money. They're not trying to outgame the system. And if it walks like a duck and all that duck stuff, it's a quackety quack quack. Yeah. And I just think it's really important to remember that you know, we are people as well and we are small businesses. And as much as Glenn and I obviously have the privilege of getting on a podcast and saying, hey, like we want what's best for you. This is also, and I don't mean it in a bad way, because to be honest, I'd never make any other decision. But as small businesses like Glenn and mine, it's obviously financially detrimental to say stuff like this publicly, because we're not going to get to work with companies and other companies might see this and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe they had that opinion. And our product isn't the same, but we don't want to work with them because of their opinions on this. And to be honest, I'm all right with that because I just want what's best for you. That's where She's on the Money came from. It's where my millennial money came from. Like neither of these businesses were started because we thought, hey, we can make money from podcasting. It was started because we both genuinely love talking about money and genuinely want to connect with more people about this topic that we are so passionate about. And we're just so lucky to have made it our careers. So I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we're trying to not be judgmental here. We're trying to be really honest, reliable and relatable for you. But this does come at a level of cost to us. And it's not a bad cost, to be honest. It's a cost that I'm absolutely happy to pay. But I don't want you to think that we're getting on here to just blow our own horns. Um, We're getting on here because we genuinely think it's the best thing for you. And it is really irresponsible of us to not speak up in situations like this. Totally. Could not have said it any better. Well, maybe a little bit. Um, Oh, okay. Well, you... (laughs) Why don't you start your own podcast? (laughs) Hey, everyone. Victoria and I are good friends and we always have digs at each other, so it's all good. Yeah, that's Uh, not legit. I actually got a message a little while ago. They were like, oh, Glenn's been so mean to you recently. And I was like, mate, you should see what I send back. Yeah, I can't remember what you said. You were like, oh, Victoria or something. And I was like, excuse me, like, he's saying that back. Like, do you realise we're friends in real life? (laughs) How funny. It's cute. I love it. Well... All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, Make sure you jump into She's on the Money Facebook community. You can hang out in My Millennial Money Facebook community. You do you, boo. And Victoria, love your work. Love you too, Jen. Jen. Glenn. Whatever your name is. Yeah. All right. Catch ya. Bye. Still friends. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 